Well, hello to all of our listeners, and welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. I'm Darlene Kavist. I'm a certified nutrition specialist, and I started nutritional weight and wellness about 30 years ago, and then we added Dishing Up Nutrition as a radio show and a podcast about 15 years ago. You know, for an introvert that I am, that was a bit challenging, but I wanted to get the message out about how eating real food and not processed food was critical for our health. And it seems that eating real food and not processed food is even more important today. You know, for the past couple of weeks, we have received many emails and calls from listeners asking a wide variety of questions. Some questions were about what they eat or they need to eat to support their immune function, and others were about shopping and cooking. So to help me answer those questions, I've asked two of our nutrition experts to join me today. You know, we're recording this podcast from our homes using our phones as our microphone. It's a little challenging, um, and we want to make sure that it's, it's going to be as clear as if we were in a studio. And so just kind of bear with us, and we certainly hope that the sound quality is to your satisfaction. You know, the first question we received was, what is the best way to clean vegetables and fruits during the coronavirus? We actually have a couple of different suggestions on how to properly clean your fruits and vegetables. So let's start with our cooking expert, Marianne. Now, during normal times, she's teaching our weight and wellness cooking classes. Uh, Marianne, um, kind of introduce yourself and share a little bit about yourself and why you are a cooking expert. Well, thank you, Dar. I am so glad that technology allows us to get together like this. Uh, my name is Marianne Gerage. I am a farm-to-table chef and a nutrition, a culinary nutrition educator with a company called The Cook's Cure. And I have been cooking professionally for over 25 years. And I've partnered with DAR and Nutritional Weight and Wellness to create cooking classes to teach clients how to cook the weight and wellness way. And I am so happy to be here virtually uh, with you, Dar and Melanie. Um, but so these are uncertain times, and even grocery shopping has become a very interesting and sometimes challenging experience. Uh, but according to the Institute for Food Safety at Cornell University, what we know about the transmission of this virus, studies show that soaking and rinsing your fruits and vegetables in clean water is an appropriate way to wash them. You can also add uh, one part vinegar to, two, or to four parts water, and this creates sort of an acidic and unfriendly environment for pathogens. And if your fruits and vegetables have a thicker or an uneven skin, like uh, avocados or potatoes, I often use a vegetable brush. And similar to washing our hands, by, by using that friction, it also makes it very inhospitable for uh, for pathogens, so that's really important. And um, so you've done this, you've soaked, you've, um, you've rinsed your vegetables, and then it's really important to drain them and pat them dry, as dry as possible, because water can cause uh, spoilage. 
and certainly in a perfect world, we would have you clean your vegetables just before you cook them. But under these circumstances, if you bring them home and you want to wash them up, um, just make sure that you pat them um, good and dry before you store them in the, in the fridge or in your pantry. And then this, metal, this uh, method is it's chemical-free, it retains the integrity of your organic produce, but it's still a safe way to uh, wash your vegetables. And we have another way of thinking about how to clean your vegetables. And, and actually, Melanie is going to share that with us. You know, Melanie is a registered dietitian. She's been the host on Dishing Up Nutrition many times. And Melanie is very careful about her own food because, like many of our staff at Nutritional Weight and Wellness, she has her own health challenges. So, Melanie, share just a little bit more about yourself with the listeners, and tell us how you clean your fruits and vegetables. Well, as you know, Dar, I've been a dietitian, registered dietitian for over 30 years. Um, I've had many health challenges, and I have done a lot of research based on um, how to keep my, my own loved ones, and I have a passion for keeping my clients, who are also many, many clients that are immunocompromised. So doing that research... Um, we really care about our listeners and our clients just to keep them safe during these troubling times. I use a fruit and vegetable wash that I learned from Anne Louise Gittleman, who's the author of several, several nutritional books, and she's also been a guest on our radio show. And I use a Clorox bleach, which is unfragranced. Uh, it's a simple naturopathic bath used for over 75 years. And I use a half a teaspoon of Clorox bleach in a clean sink filled with a gallon of water. Um, I soak my fruits, vegetables in there for maybe five to ten minutes and then I drain the water and I refill it with the clean water and make sure they're thoroughly rinsed. Um, Anne Louise actually learned this fruit and vegetable wash from Dr. Hazel Parcell who was a longtime nutritionist and was actually able to maintain an active nutrition practice until she was 105 years old. So that is um, one of the ways that I have cleaned ever since we were having so many E. coli outbreaks. I started using this wash over 20 years ago. And for years, Anne Louise taught her clients to use this Clorox bleach uh, fruit and vegetable wash. And again, you only use a half a teaspoon of the unscented original Clorox bleach to a gallon of water. So, um, Dar, I know you have some suggestions as well. Well, actually, I was going to say, Dr. Purcell, she practiced until she was 105 years old, and that's my goal. <laughs> so I just, I just want to keep that going. <laughs> Perfect. So kind of get back to our topic here. You know, now that everyone's home cooking several meals each week, here's another question that I'm sure many of you have. A listener asked, what are the staples you need to keep on hand that would have long shelf life, but they're also healthy? Um, Marianne, uh, give us some ideas of what you, you think would be good things to have on hand. Absolutely. Well, hopefully... Everyone has gotten rid of all those bags of chips and boxes of cereal from their pantry to make room for all the good stuff. 
<laughs> and perfect. And a good place to start, I think. Let's let's talk about your freezers. So frozen fruits and veggies um, are often picked at their peak of ripeness. So uh, you know, there's no compromise there. There there might um, they're not quite like fresh in texture, but they are so versatile, and you can throw uh, the veggies into soups and stews. And you can throw the spinach into smoothies. So all of those, if we stock up on those in your freezer, of course, your frozen fruits, we can throw those into smoothies, like berries and, and, um, and then, you know, cauliflower, broccoli, peas, carrots, green beans. You can get almost anything frozen these days. Obviously, a cauliflower rice, um, which is a stand-in for rice, is, uh, is very popular right now. And then other produce to keep on hand um, that is not in your freezer, I would say uh, apples um, have a pretty long shelf life. Your citrus fruits like uh, lemons, limes, oranges, um, I keep all of those in the fridge. And then bananas, believe it or not. If you buy them sort of green, um, actually if you eat them green, they're sort of a prebiotic, which is a, a bonus. But it, they, they actually take a while to um, ripen up. And if they start to get really black, you can throw those in the freezer as well and then squeeze them right into your blender and make a, a smoothie out of them. So that is a pretty decent shelf life. And so let's look at, uh, at root vegetables. Let's think about what your great-grandmother would have kept in the root cellar. And they make great storage vegetables like carrots and parsnips, rutabagas, turnips, uh, your onions, yellow and white onions, celery root, beets, potatoes. Um, and when you store those, don't don't store your potatoes next to your onions because they actually um, uh, your onions will make your potatoes grow uh, grow some sprouts. So keep those two separate. But they um, all of those have a pretty long shelf life. And then I suggest uh, celery cabbage in a whole a head form of cabbage really lasts a long time uh, cauliflower actually cauliflower and broccoli things like that if you can buy them in a whole head form they will last longer um, when they're cut and in a bag once you open that bag you are going to lose uh, some shelf life there and then kale and hard squashes squashes those are also really um, good long-lasting vegetables so um, let's look at the dry pantry. We got rid of that cereal and the chips, and uh, we've stocked up on some good stuff like um, whole grains, like wild rice, uh, brown and red rice. There's some really fun rices out there. Black forbidden rice is kind of fun. Um, whole and steel-cut oats, uh, gluten-free and preferably organic if you can find it. And then, of course, dried beans of any kind, um, I like to buy these in bulk, and then I store them in mason jars, and I, I write on the outside with a, a dry erase marker so I know what I've got in my pantry. And then, obviously, your easy go-tos are like canned beans, um, cartons of organic broth, stocks, uh, canned fish, like wild salmon and skipjack or yellowfin tuna, and then, of course, your condiments like a variety of vinegars and mustards and healthy fats like grass-fed butter and coconut oil, avocado oil, and extra virgin olive oil, ghee, which is clarified butter, and then mayo that is made with 
good fat like avocado or olive oil. And then if you are gluten sensitive, uh, stock up on some gluten-free flours like almond and coconut. And then you've got nuts, you've got non-dairy milks like canned coconut milk. All of those are so versatile. Um, you, can, you can throw these things together, which we'll talk about a little later with some recipes, and make some really fun things that you can get your family involved in. So what, what's the next question, Dar? Well, wow, Marianne, you gave us a long, long list of good, healthy staples that we should have on hand. You know, we will have the, the transcript of this podcast posted in a few days on our website, weightandwellness.com. And you could never remember everything that Marianne said, but you'll be able to read it. Um, so you'll be able to read the entire list and also print it out. So don't worry if you miss something while trying to scribble down everything that Marianne was saying. Uh, now we're going to move on to a non-food question. One of our listeners asked us this question. What is your opinion of intermittent fasting? I don't know how many times we have had that question, but a lot of times. So, Melanie, we know as nutritionists and dietitians that fasting is all the rage this moment in time. So often, I, what I think is that often people, they kind of confuse a weight loss technique or a weight loss diet or a fad with a real healing nutritional plan. So I'm going to turn it over to you, Melanie. As a dietitian, what do you think about intermittent fasting? Well, I, I love that our listeners are always um, doing research on their own, and I know this because of the questions that they're always presenting in clinic. But I rarely suggest intermittent fasting to my clients because it does raise their cortisol levels, which is really counterintuitive, especially at this time in our world right now. Uh, we are all under a level of stress, which raises our cortisol levels anyway. Um, I do not find it sustainable for my clients. Um, certainly in many cases, my clients are experiencing um, hair loss when they come into the clinic. And we need to make sure that nothing such as a nutrient deficiency or stress further exacerbates hair loss. Another point to make is that oftentimes due to a blood sugar drop while you're fasting makes it very difficult to stand uh, strong with intermittent fasting. And people eventually, blood sugar wins. When we're hungry or hangry, that's when we dive into whatever is at hand. We overeat. And the choices become more and more processed, easy access foods, like a box of crackers. You thought you would only have a few. <laughs> only you're eating the whole box. Um, it's really very hard for any of us to make good eating choices when we're over hungry. So for most of my clients, it's just really not a workable lifestyle or a healthy way of eating. Melanie, one of my one of our friends who was trying this intermittent fasting called me last night and said, you know, I can't do it. I can't do intermittent fasting right now because I have too much stress going on in my house and I just mm. can't do it. So I went back to eating the weight and wellness way. <laughs> so, you know, that's another proof. So here's another one of the most asked questions we received. What are quick family-friendly shelter-in-place meals and snacks that I can prepare at home? Because I'm currently doing most of the cooking at home, I find myself 
join the Weight and Wellness, I just go to the Weight and Wellness website and pull up some simple, quick, tasty recipes to prepare. You know, a lot of those recipes I may have put up there to begin with, but you just can't remember everything. So I just go to the website and pull off a recipe, and then I make it that way, or sometimes I add things. So here I have another suggestion for you. Um, you, If you have the Weight and Wellness Cookbook, there's some great simple recipes in that. And if you don't, you can just order it online at weightandwellness.com. So there's a lot of different ways to have good recipes that are in balance. And Marianne, I know you're the expert at this. So you have lots of different recipe ideas to share with us. So we're all yours. All right. Well, absolutely. Uh, And I'm going to say I I chose everything from the website because it's going to make it really easy. Um, And a couple of them are, are in the cookbook as well. And it is such a great resource uh, right now as we're all sort of um, hold up at home. And, and, um, and so that the website and the cookbook are fantastic. So, so first of all, I chose the tarragon mustard egg salad for obvious reasons coming out of the holiday. We probably have a lot of uh, hard boiled eggs. And so um, we can use some of those up and make a fantastic egg salad. And it does call for fresh tarragon, which is lovely. But if you don't have fresh tarragon on hand, you could use any other fresh, soft-leafed herb like basil or cilantro. Um, You could use dried tarragon uh, as well. And then, uh, then of course, obviously, it it calls for mayonnaise, which is also a, a pantry item. And the next recipe is the quinoa chicken salad. And uh, this salad uses canned chickpeas that you may have in your pantry and quinoa. But you could substitute um, brown rice or wild rice for that quinoa, and it would still be a fantastic um, salad. And you could use a chicken that you may have made. Uh, You've got chicken breasts. um, So that's a fantastic recipe. And then we've got a fun family activity, uh, making the wild rice meatballs. Everybody likes to make meatballs, get the kids to uh, roll those up. And I always make a really big batch, and then I freeze some for a future meal. Uh, so you can use, uh, I think the recipe calls for ground beef, but you could switch that out for ground pork or a combination of those two, uh, or ground chicken and turkey, whichever you prefer, whichever you have on hand. And uh, you can also substitute um whole grains for the uh, wild rice. You could use steel cut oats. You could try buckwheat or brown rice. So also this is a really versatile recipe uh, pulling things from that pantry. And next we have uh, muffin tin meatloaf. Perfect. Great uh, recipe to also freeze for later. Um, it's cool because they're 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 in you know they're 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 portioned out already because you've done them in a in a uh, muffin tin which is kind of fun and um, easy to portion out for everybody. And here's another kid friendly uh, favorite: the crock pot chicken drummies. Kids love them and they are super easy to make. Throw everything into that crock pot and let it uh, uh, do its magic all day long. And the, uh, while, we're, while we have our slow cooker out, or if you have an instant pot, we have a couple recipes uh, on the website. One is for beef and the other is for chicken. Both in your instant pot, you can make a nice big batch. 
And then you can sort of reinvent those proteins as um, like taco lettuce wraps or salads. You could throw either of those proteins into a chili recipe. Super easy. Um, they freeze really well, so you uh, always have a protein on hand. And then uh, if you get tired of the same old, same old, uh, and you want to uh, spice it up a little bit, we, uh, we have a spicy coconut chicken stew uh, on our website. So tasty. And you can make that as spicy as you like. And it uses up uh, some coconut can, coconut milk. And you can use fresh or frozen spinach, some of that cooked chicken, if you've got that, and, um, and some brown rice. Fantastic. Marianne, I bet you're starting to get exhausted from all these recipes. Oh, these are, these are fun, though. This is, this is a great way to use up so many things you've got um, just hanging around. And I've got one of your favorites, Dar, your, um, the sheet pan uh, chicken with squash and apples. You only have to use one pan, and um, it just makes uh, cleanup a breeze. Um, and then some snacks that you can whip up, because everybody um, might need a snack in the afternoon. We've got our peaches and cream smoothie. Any of our smoothie recipes are great snacks, actually. Um, and it's gluten-free. Uh, if you're dairy-sensitive, you can switch out that cream uh, for coconut milk, and you could switch out the whey protein. It uses our, our wellness whey protein. You could switch that out for our French vanilla uh, paleo protein. That's fantastic. And uh, what else is a snack? A good snack is our green veggie dip. We've got to keep eating those veggies. And uh, the, the, the thing I love about that green veggie dip is it is so versatile because you can add a little bit of vinegar and make it into a salad dressing or you can add a little bit of chicken broth and it becomes a sauce to pour over chicken so that is um kind of a, a three-in-one deal and then uh what's another snacking idea our our oatmeal uh almond balls super yummy balanced snack it requires no baking uh, also uses up some pantry items like rolled oats, some dried fruit, nut butter, and whey protein. Kids love that. Um, they can roll up those um, those uh, almond uh, oatmeal almond balls. Well, I think that's, those are great ideas, Marianne, and so complete. And I think it's just a mindset that people have to have in the morning. They have to say, hmm, what do you think I would like or my family would like to have for dinner tonight? And then, you know, you know, you have to kind of pull out everything out of the freezer that you, to thaw and so that you have what you need for that recipe or you find a different recipe that fits what you have in your house. Some great ideas. So let's move on to another question. You know, as an adult, what are the most beneficial supplements to lighten the viral load? So looking at all kinds of research and doing all kinds of reading, my first choice would be vitamin D. You know, Melanie, you shared the other day on Facebook some research about vitamin D that I had not read before. So would you share it with, uh, with other people on, the, on listening to the, our podcast today? I would love to. Um, I often refer to myself as a practitioner as a vitamin D Nazi because I think it's just so important, not just for our immune system, but really for... Um, every system. 
in our bodies. And first, I just want to point out a troublesome statistic for people living in quarantine situations. Many people are deficient in vitamin D3, which is a vitamin, uh, it's a fat-soluble nutrient. It's a key player in our immune function. Uh, maintaining an adequate level of vitamin D supports a healthy immune system with enhanced viral protection, especially from respiratory and intestinal infections. So um, I think what we need to realize is an, uh, there, the report I think you were, you were referring to, Dar, was, it was another report from the Irish Longitudinal Study on Aging at TCD emphasizes, it, it emphasizes the importance of increasing vitamin D by older people who are staying at home or any of us that are cocooning. And their report finds that vitamin D plays a critical role in preventing respiratory infections and reducing antibiotic use and boosting the immune system response to infections. Vitamin D stimulates RNA immunity to viruses, and it has been shown in numerous studies to decrease infection and the duration of illness from influenza and other viruses. So dosing up to 5,000 international units daily during viral outbreaks just helps support your immune system. People should check their um, current uh, report from their doctor about their level of vitamin D and see what their numbers really look like. You know, we always recommend that it should be at least 50, but right now during our kind of viral crisis, um, you know, people are, many other experts are suggesting higher, much higher, like 80, you know, 90 level, and, and have higher levels of vitamin D to be more protective. So I'm finding that some clients actually need to take more than 5,000 to be right. in that range. Mm -hmm. You know, and I know it, a lot of people don't have that level, so it's a matter of guessing. But if you're in the house and not out in the sun, you can almost guarantee that your vitamin D level is going to be low. So, exactly. Um, exactly. I mean, I, I love that uh, that report, uh, that Irish report, to say, and it affects our longevity. So, another reason is to take your vitamin D. So the next supplement that I would recommend is a probiotic that's called bifidobacteria because 70% of our immune function actually comes from our intestinal tract. And that, that's still a lot of new information for people. You know, I recommend taking three capsules, and that, this is what I'm doing myself personally. I'm taking three capsules of bifidal balance before each meal and at bedtime, so three times a day. And then just before I go to sleep, I take a different probiotic, it's called Biotic 7. And usually I take one or two of those. And Biotic 7 is more of a broad spectrum biotic, a probiotic. So, you know, that, that seems like that helps the immune system coming from the intestinal tract. Uh, and it's, you're gonna have much better digestion also. And of course, I would recommend vitamin C. You know, much of the research is suggesting taking at least 4,000 milligrams of vitamin C daily. That's a lot of vitamin C for a lot of people. You know, I also have read recommendations for a much higher dose, but only if it doesn't cause you to have diarrhea. And that's the only side effect of vitamin D is for some people it creates loose stools. You know, it's best to spread out your vitamin C over the course of the day. Um, so if you're able to tolerate this, 
you know, 5,000 to 7,000 milligrams of vitamin C would be just great. And, you know, again, most of the research indicates that supplementing with higher amounts of vitamin C provides tremendous support for your immune system. So think about your vitamin C and start maybe take 1,000 and then the next day take 2,000 and gradually work up uh, a for much higher dose, at least 5,000. Okay, here's another supplement that I encourage my clients to take, is zinc. Just take a zinc supplement at bedtime because all the minerals are absorbed better at bedtime. And so you're gonna get more benefit from the zinc if you take it at bedtime. Same thing with your magnesium. If you take it at bedtime, it's gonna help you sleep better. So here's another supplement that supports immune function, especially viral immunity, and that's L-lysine. And at Nutritional Weight and Wellness, we have a lysine product called Superlysine that is very, very effective for supporting your viral immunity. So I got one more supplement here. Uh, another supplement to consider is something that is called Liquid Advantage. And I've known about this supplement for you know, 20, 25, 30 years. And basically, it contains grapefruit seed extract. So they take the seed and they squeeze out the little bit of juice that's in that, and that's what's in that bottle. And it's a very powerful antiviral and antibacterial supplement. And I often tell people to take about six to eight drops and put it in about a fourth of a cup of water and gargle with it in the morning and night. Now, I have to tell you, it doesn't taste great, but it's very effective. Now, sometimes people actually take more throughout the day to just be safe against any kind of bacterial or viral infection. Now, you know, we know that the lungs are involved in this virus, so to support lung tissue, I often recommend GLA. And what is that GLA? It's gadolinolenic acid, and it's made from borage seed oil. And it's an essential fatty acid that hydrates the tissue, and it hydrates that lung tissue. And we want that lung tissue to stay hydrated so that it doesn't attract virus and bacteria. Uh, GLA is a great anti-inflammatory, especially for the lungs. And... Again, it keeps the tissues flexible and it keeps them healthy. So those are the supplements that I think are really critical. And Melanie, you have some other ideas. And so what, what would you recommend? Well, I definitely recommend all of the ones that you just mentioned. I think it's great for our listeners to know that they have some control over their inner, you know, their inner immunity. Um, it's not just about uh, it's certainly it's about hand washing and social distancing, but to feel like you sort of are putting on an immune cape is also very empowering and brings down that fear factor. I think it's wise to add a professional grade multivitamin. I like that. Uh, I like, really like one that is high in B vitamins and contains a broad spectrum of nutrients. There are many other immune supporting supplements. We could go on and on. However, yes, we could. I think it's, it, it, can, it can get a little confusing, so I think it's really best to talk with a dietitian or a nutritionist to help you sort out the supplements that are best for you. If you want to talk to one of our dietitians or nutritionists, we 
We're offering a half hour or one hour appointments to help you find the best supplements for your personal health and your family's health. We realize that many people are experiencing more anxiety these days and many have sleep issues. So sleep deprivation can decrease the body's immune response. So it may be important to address these issues first. Um, if you need support, call our office at 651-699-3438 or email us at weightandwellness.com and we'll set you up for a convenient appointment, time for you with a dietitian or a nutritionist, which will be done over the phone or through Zoom at this time. You know, Dar, one question that came up, uh, comes up over and over is what is the best way to support children's immune systems? Of course, as a dietitian, I recommend first, of course, avoiding sugar and processed carbs. These foods are immune suppressors. So as much as possible, get rid of those. It's also important to avoid foods with damaged fats, such as soybean oil and canola oil, corn oil, cottonseed oil. Now is the time to walk to your cupboard, um, check out, roll the label over, read in the label, and see what you're eating. We have the time for that now. So serve up more fruits and vegetables, and don't forget to give your kids healthy protein and protein shakes. The wild rice meatballs and shepherd's pie are some kid-friendly examples. Um, you can find these on our website. Like Marianne mentioned, they're delicious. Remember, Marianne shared many other family-type meal ideas earlier that will also support your entire family's immune function. One supplement that both children and adults can benefit from is vitamin D. Um, get your pen and paper ready. For a six-month-old baby, I would recommend supplementing with approximately 400 international units of vitamin D and a small amount of bifido powder. Vitamin D is essential for older children as well. I suggest 1,000 international units of vitamin D per 25 pounds of weight. The bottom line here is that vitamin D is very beneficial for our entire family. I also suggest the bifidobacteria Dar mentioned, either in capsule or powder form twice a day. And a delicious um, thing that I always add to my day is the key greens and fruit powder mixed in a protein shake or water. It adds a large variety of nutrients and antioxidants in a tasty fruity drink. You can make it like lemonade. That's my favorite. Fruits and vegetables that are high in vitamin C are tomatoes, broccoli, peppers, strawberries, to name a few. I also believe it is critical to offer good fats, such as avocados, butter, nuts, nut butters, cream, coconut milk, and cream cheese. So to wrap up today's discussion, Marianne, would you be willing to share a couple of your favorite recipes that are also kid-friendly? Absolutely. So so here are a couple healthy, but they're tasty treats that you can make at home with some of the pantry items you probably have, and you can get your kids involved, and everybody needs a treat. So we have our blueberry oat muffins, and uh, they use up rolled oats from your pantry and frozen blueberries from your freezer. 
And I'll tell you, if you don't have blueberries, this recipe is incredibly versatile. You could uh, substitute some frozen raspberries or strawberries. And you could even use um, chopped fresh apples or pears and then add a dash of cinnamon. It's lovely. And uh, it's just nice to have uh, some flexibility with any recipe. And I don't think that I left out you chocolate lovers. Uh, we all need a little bit of chocolate these days. Um, you should try the black bean brownies, and these are on our website. And again, we're going to use up some pantry items. This recipe calls for canned black beans, believe it or not, uh, and that provides both texture and binding, uh, applesauce for sweetness, and it keeps them really moist. We have uh, chocolate chips and cocoa powder, of course, with that rich chocolatey flavor. And they are an absolute favorite of mine. We love them. We make them often. They freeze really well. So I encourage you to make those to, um, to sweeten up everybody's kitchen these days and get us through this, um, this crazy time. You know, Marianne, uh, as a, a teacher, you know, I used to be a teacher many years ago, and I was a fourth grade teacher, and I was thinking, hey, these would be perfect recipes for the whole family. You could, you know, you could actually be teaching kids how to measure what a fourth of a cup looks like, what a half a cup looks like. So there's a lot of things that you could be doing with these recipes, and then they get to eat them, and they're healthy. So great. So wonderful. Anyway, anyway, you know, listeners, we hope that our podcast has answered some of your questions. I don't think we got to them all, but you know. Keep sending them in, and maybe we'll keep doing these. You know, we have many different recipes, articles, information on our website at weightandwellness.com that may answer even more questions for you and also actually inspire you to stay at home during this stay-at-home time. This is a perfect time to cook a special recipe or even experiment with a new one. It's kind of a mental attitude that you have to take on. It's like, oh, what can I create today that's going to be great? So let us know if this podcast has been helpful to you or if there's other ways we can help you get through the next few weeks and actually come out healthier than you were before. You know, all the research is showing the healthier you are, the better resistance you have to the virus. So, and that's what we, you know, we've been saying this message for, you know, 30 years now, and it's the same message you know, real food, healthy food, eating in balance. It's going to support your immune system. It's going to support your brain health, you know, and it's going to make you feel much better and much happier. So our goal at Nutritional Weight and Wellness is to help each and every person experience better health through eating real food. It's, it's really simple, yet powerful message. Eating real food is life-changing and we thank you for listening today, and let us know if it's been helpful. Marianne, thank you for all your work. And Melanie, thank you. I know you've got to go and see clients. So thank you for being on the call today. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Dar. Thanks, Dar. Bye.